everyone. I am Christina, MR1, rising second year student. I'm an international student from Beijing. Hi, I'm Sanju from Seoul, also becoming a second year this year. Um, I came to the U.S. first seven years ago in 2013 for college,、um, and then I worked for two years after college, and now I'm in grad school. So I've been here in for seven years in total as an international student, and I currently live in New Haven. My first experience in U.S. was like five years ago as an undergrad exchange student. Then I was in the U.S. for a year, and then last year was another first year as a master's student in the U.S. And then, and now I'm currently in Seoul. I feel like it's like it's been like an emotional roller coaster in the past couple of months since spring break. I know, <laughs> like literally、yeah. March. Feels like an year before. Oh, it、yeah. seems like a last year for me. <laughs> what What has your <laughs> life What has your life been like since March? I used to live in the dorm at Yale, and、uh, for safety reasons, we had to move to undergrad dorms to kind of lower the density of the dorm. And then、mm-hmm. I chose to move out, and、mm-hmm. luckily I could stay at my one of my friends' place. After that. I I mean a lot of our friends went back to home in the states, but I mean for me I had no place to go back in terms of any place that I consider as a home. Yeah. So,、uh, like from that point, I started to think a lot about should I go back to Seoul or should I just stay in New Haven with you guys? Yeah. So just the concept of home has been really challenging. Yeah, it feels very like it feels extra unstable when you don't have a permanent place to live in. There's no nowhere to go back to in in the U.S. I feel like that's why like when you move out of the dorm, you feel like you're just constantly moved around, and that's the only place you can stay. But I'm glad like you had a friend who took you in. <laughs> and deciding whether to go home sort of feels like it's a gamble because. As an international student, you don't know if you can surely come back. Like I remember, like talking to my parents, and my dad actually created a chart of perks of staying there and going, like coming back here,、wow. and all the stuff that I had to consider in terms of like embassy and visa renewals, and flights and the borders, and also like for us, our first year BP internship. That、yeah. was also something that was undecided in in April. So. Yeah, I was like, I started to think like, what is worse between if the BP is happening and me not being able to come back to US? Yeah, or if BP is canceled and like me just having to stay in US for no reason. Yeah,、so. right, and paying rent as well. Yeah, and yeah. then like even when you can go back, um, first of all, it's really hard to to get a ticket to go back right now. And then when you can go、yeah. back, it takes still like there's a fourteen day quarantine time, and if、mm-hmm. you can come back to the U.S., it's also not like dependent on you because first of all you have to get a visa renewal if you don't have like a visa that's valid for a long time, and、mm-hmm. but then even if you're allowed to get a visa renewal, you still wait have to wait for your local embassy to be open, which they're still not, and after you can get a visa, you still like when you come through the To the country, you still have to go through the border, and right now, like the U.S. border is not even open to China, but luckily they're open to Korea. I remember like talking to you at some point, and you were asking me, "Can you come back to U.S. if I, if I choose to go back?" And then 
at that point I realized like I mean even between us we have like so many differences yeah in terms like and all the situations are just like constantly changing and we have absolutely no control of and it's so yeah. yeah at that point I really felt weird I guess I was curious about like as someone from China mm-hmm. that like all the con- um, political situations and everything has been really harsh even for me to just like follow the news so yeah. I wonder how, how yeah. you feel about that it sort of feels really strange because you feel like politics is mixed up with pandemics uh, and right. like you don't know what policies are out of public safety concerns and what are purely out of like political power play and it just feels really strange that your life is like if my movement is confined for the sake of public health that I think everyone would agree is totally justifiable and you would com- like comply with it but um you like right now China is basically completely safe but the border is still close to China specifically um and it just feels strange like you don't know what the reason behind that is anymore and you it still it sort of unsettles you and for me like i feel very unsafe thinking about moving around at all because um as a person holding a chinese passport i just feel like you're right now discriminated against in many ways in many places on like the political level um, both because mm-hmm. of pandemics or because of ju- the general like political situation around the world, and just like our difference, like um, ch- the border is open to Koreans but not Chinese, um, and that just makes me feel like unfair for my friends mm-hmm. who are back in China since spring break and not mm-hmm. able to come back um, even with a valid visa. They just do not have any power to hold on to their own rights. Do you also feel like you don't have full control over your own life? I guess that has it has been such a huge issue. Like a lot of us are considering leave of absence or I mean we have so many doubts about fall semester, right? So I mean even making that decision is not purely my career career or my academic interest, but like it has to deal with okay, is the embassy open or few days ago um u.s embassy in seoul suddenly came up with a notice that they're not even processing a visa renewal through uh mails because they suggested they would do that but then like suddenly they just declare that they're not gonna do that and then all of my friends in the same visa situation had to like write tons of email try to get in touch with them and just just to make sure that we can go back to school and just continue our education so like that's just part of the problem i think yeah i i really i remember the last time we talked about this you talked about how like because of the recent policy about um the foreign students not being able to return to the u.s or staying in the u.s if the semester is fully online like you mentioned the words that we are very easily erasable like we're used Mm -hmm. as so easily dispensed as like a part of political even campaign um, a mm-hmm. show of power and that just feels really sad and strange when we are trying really hard to like embrace our life here because um, we're invited and we try to fit into the life and um, we try really hard to do like to just live a great and like cherished life here and that feels kind of sad and that the same um, feeling is not reciprocated 
Yeah. So I mean, it's really great that ICE announcement has been canceled or yeah yeah rejected. Uh, for like personally, I was not really in affected by that policy because I'm under a different visa. But then, I know that you're someone who's really important to you has been affected hugely by that policy, and I just wonder how you felt about that. I yeah, it felt really strange. Like he, my partner, he um is a international student, and he's a researcher right now, um entering his PhD, and he's working on COVID nineteen related research, but because like his PhD program is huge, hugely like based on lab work, and lab work doesn't count as coursework. Which and his courseworks are all online, so by ICE definition, he needs to leave the country, um, or he needed to leave the country if ICE didn't get retracted. But uh, and it was just it just felt really unfair that he was working on COVID nineteen related research and he's an important researcher here, but he just cannot stay because the ICE makes no distinction whatsoever, like among. All international students, everyone is categorized as one huge like clump, um, mm-hmm. and I think that just makes you feel like, I guess there's no individuality um, when like you're in the face of a policy that affects us all. And I also mm-hmm. feel like during that whole process, when like we were eager to wait for responses from um, the international student offices. Um, and getting all these supports, and especially when a lot of my friends back in China are waiting for their uh, legal documents to be sent by the school to apply for visa, um, it feels a little bit frustrating that your future is being like constantly held in the hands of these officials who issue you documents, and they don't realize that they have so many students' life in their hand, and they can just keep dragging on the process and like make ev- like result in everyone submitting their documents late and sometimes not getting a visa appointment because they receive their documents late um it's like your life is held in someone's hand and they don't like really take this seriously um and they do not realize that there are w- some really small action they do can affect someone's life completely um and i feel like i just wish people who are in that position can take their job more seriously and realize that they have tremendous power over a lot of students like international students life yeah i mean i i was like totally frustrated when i tried to reach out to oiss myself to yeah. figure out some legal stuff and then <laughs> it was so funny that the earliest schedule that i could make was in two weeks or like three weeks when my life is at their hands but like there's mm-hmm. nothing i could do i was like I was making tons of phone calls at 4 a.m. in Seoul, but like none of them answered. And it, w- it was just so frustrating. And because I, for some reason before that, I thought OISS would have some, I don't know, have something to deal with this chaos that IC has brought up. So, yeah. And it was just so surprising that I could not reach out to anyone at that point yeah so yeah that's really like that must have been really difficult because they're like your point like your only contact in the u.s who knows everything about your legal status and if they're not here there's just no support for that so in terms of like 
-hmm. visa and life as an international student at school mm -hmm. it has its difficulties but like at the same time because it's school and we're here as a student there are like certain things that are guaranteed for sure but then yeah i know that you worked uh, after graduating the un undergrad here and yeah like applying to HEB and everything uh, do you want to share this story with us yeah for sure um yeah i worked well i i felt first of all really really fortunate that i got the working visa after i graduated from college um because to get a working visa as an international student it's sort of like a lottery process um as an undergrad graduate you have only around 30% chance, actually specifically 28% chance to even have your applications being reviewed by the people. And the other like 78% half just got thrown away and their application would not even be reviewed. Um, so like most companies know this when they come to um, the career fair to hire students. And even though, like, at that time, because your career fair is still, like, supported by the school, the school will, like, tell you some basic things. They can't ask about your personal background. They can't ask about your citizenship during interviews. Otherwise, that would be a discrimination. But all the companies still do that because it affects them tremendously. They have to pay for your visa. They have to pay for your uh, attorney. And it's a lot of, like, manpower and effort on their end. Um, so they, mm. a lot of them do ask this question, and you know that when you receive this question in an interview, most likely you're not going to get the job, because when they ask, um, they sort of imply that they are concerned about the whole visa application process, and they might not be willing to hold your hand and go through this whole frenzy of entering a lottery and might not getting picked and wasting so much money. Um, but luckily, I my boss, she didn't care about this when she hired me. She hired me as a person, uh, regardless of where I'm from. And uh, mm -hmm. when I brought up the issue of applying for work working visa with her, because with the student visa, I could only work for one year, um, she mm -hmm. like gladly um, decided to support me and pay for my um, to apply for working visa for me. But like I was the first non-American hire in the office and we had completely no idea how to do this. And we had to do like I we had to do so much research and um, call so many lawyers. And when we finally found a lawyer, mm -hmm. but um, the lawyer, wh which was who was recommended by a friend, the lawyer was another person that, like how I talked about, like she does not realize that she has someone's life in her hand or she's done so many applications that she got desensitized to the fact that she can affect someone's life tremendously. Um, she kept like dragging on my process. And, and even though I started the process four months early, uh, we submitted my application like one hour before the deadline and it was also not a fully complete application so like the whole process um, it was six months wait to hear back and then when I heard back it says that I was missing some information and then I had to submit more which um, and then the lawyer uh -huh. charged my boss even more to submit the additional materials but luckily I got my visa yeah. in the end um, but that was the, just like a whole six month process where my boss didn't know if I she should expect me to stay in the U.S. for another year or not. And if she should hire another mm -hmm. person or not. So it was a lot for her to go through as well. Yeah, I mean, for me, that like that just like sounds like a really lucky yeah. case. Like you met yeah. such a nice person yes. to work with. Like she was 
okay with going through that process with you and yeah. like that even sounds like uh a something i don't know is like she went out of her way because she truly care yeah and that's but i mean yeah. even with that support it's just a lot of difficulties coming yeah. after that a lot of my friends didn't end up getting into the lottery and they had to leave the country um and some of them like three of my friend got married last last in the last two months because um they wanted to continue working um and they were uh-huh. like their boss wanted them to stay and so they ended up getting married with their boyfriend um just to, just to stay for a while a little longer before they can figure out their status that's kind of a sad reason but luckily <laughs> like it's also great that they had like love of their life who are yeah. willing to support them by yeah marrying them uh-huh. so that they can stay on a lighter note do you remember how it felt like when you first became a foreigner like and do you think your experience has changed since five years ago uh, when you first came <laughs> it's like five years ago I, I was young and like just the idea of becoming a foreigner was something that i have never like imagined what it's gonna be like because mm-hmm. I'm in Seoul. I am a woman. I'm a young woman. But then I am a native Korean speaker. So never really had a like pro- like a problem in speaking language or anything. But then like right. here, I I felt like I look different. I speak different, and I'm just like a different person who need like requires some explanation. And right. um, that's a and like oh, along with that, I was young. So meeting a bunch of people who are so different and like diverse and mm-hmm. vibrant that really made me feel like I've never felt like that in my life but then I felt like I'm a kind of plain person right. I don't know like kind of flat yes. but yeah can I explain exactly why but but like I still have to you know, explain something because like when people hear me speaking English it sounds pretty much fluent so like they assume that I graduated my undergrad in US but like no I just have to explain that no I was here for a year I just yeah I just (laughs) yeah and just everything so like still requires some explanation but Mm -hmm. it's amazing to like meet a bunch of people like such a diverse interesting people at Yale Mm -hmm. yeah and I think that's usually a good thing when people are curious about you and when the when the explanation is not like or when people are asking for explanation not out of like you know like a questioning yeah assumptions. attitude yeah mm-hmm. yeah that's, that's actually good. grateful yeah 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 mm-hmm. yeah how about you I I totally agree with you saying that like when you come here like at a young younger age you just feel like a plain person I also felt like mm-hmm. I was just so boring I'm a boring person <laughs> <laughs> in conversations because like. I when I first came here, I was like eighteen, just out of um, high school, and I felt yeah, such so, a baby. Yeah, I know. Now looking back, <laughs> I felt so at that time. <laughs> I felt really mature, but I also felt like so liberated by the overwhelming freedom when I first came here. Like I was suddenly like free of all types of like my social attachment before and my family obligations because when I was at home, um, I didn't have a particularly happy family. And I constantly had a lot of things to deal with, but now I'm suddenly free of that, and I'm just myself, an independent person. And I was also yeah, basically suddenly free. you life. Yeah, 
Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and also like free from the whole education system that I didn't quite fit in. And I just felt like, wow, everything is... I just had the urge to like be a completely different person. Like, and I was like romanticizing myself as, you know, because I read so many like... When I was growing up, I read so many like travel journals written by these really cool poets who would travel around the world, <laughs> like in a really cheap, like you know, most motel and write all these like really cool stuff. But I, I see like, you as like that. Yeah, I, I, I see you that way though. I, I, <laughs> you became that person. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel really lucky. Yes, I think I am that person now. Um, I can travel to anywhere I want to, and I have the like mobility, the momentum, and the capacity to like, you know, apply for fellowships when I have a place I want to travel to, and then you know, like, and contact people when I'm when I'm there and meet new people. I'm not afraid of that anymore. Mm-hmm. But when I first came here, that was seven years ago when I was eighteen. I came out of a school where everyone had the same life. You studied for twelve hours a day. You had one exam every day after school. And my life was just so simple and so easy,、um, like difficult in a lot of ways, but also like easy in the way that you never had to truly pull, push yourself out of the comfort zone、um, and get to know a new environment or culture that you are not used to.、Um, so I think at that time I romanticized the things I read、um, written by poets in like novels or some journals,、um, but now I feel like I can live that life. And I think the my experience、um, of growing in the U.S. just became something really empowering. That I know I can go through this process again and again, really comfortably and confidently. Like going to a new place、mm-hmm. where you don't quite speak the language, having no friends, and then、um, fitting into the social environment, speaking much better English, and then、um, making a lot more friends. Because when I first came here, in my first two years, I spoke really awkward English, made really awkward comments constantly, and didn't have many <laughs> friends because of that. People were really kind to me, but they stay at a level where they're kind, trying to understand you, but you never go beyond that because people are kind and you just aren't expressing yourself well.、Mm-hmm. Um, but After I sort of adopted a more Americanized、um, accent and also、um, spoke much better language, I just I just feel like I'm much more comfortable, and that whole process was really valuable. That make me like I just know that I can do this again elsewhere, and I'm always passionate、mm-hmm. about、um, doing that again somewhere else. Yeah, I I guess like it's life as a foreigner is it's giving you a lot of resilience. In、yes. like in every single part of my life, like finding a place to live, like taking care of my body, myself, and just feeding myself constantly, which is a great challenge. And I, um, I understand how you spoke about like you getting used to this place and like kind of、yes. um, like speaking better English and everything. But like in terms of life, I I kind of see it as we learn the way to. Uh, find ourselves in a totally different world, like really.、Yes. So, I mean, I can see yourself. I mean, I can see you going to I don't know, Africa or <laughs> I don't know. I'm because I see myself going to Mars. I mean, we are like、yeah. totally possible, <laughs> capable of doing that. Yes. So yes, definitely. Like that that much of <laughs> that. Much of resilience, I guess we're yeah, talking. Yeah, it really does give、mm-hmm. you that like. Power 
that you that just like make you feel so confident when you walk walk in the world walk through the world uh you mentioned africa yes like that was Mm -hmm. my like a great experience when i i think that sort of is sort of how my experience has impacted my design as well for me like i i now i'm always very sure about what matters to me when i design i know that i my design needs to be grounded in people and culture and i feel like because of my like experience of getting to know a new foreign culture little by little and fitting in little by little i also like i'm very strong about not believing in like researching a place um and making claims about an unfamiliar culture just from like reading news reading papers reading stories or looking at photos i strongly believe in Mm -hmm. like the process of like actually going there seeing everything and living among the local people that's sort of like what i did um when i went to kenya because um that in 2017 that was when a time where like refugee crisis is a big topic and people talk about refugees all the time but all of them are like from a very singular perspective or narrative and somehow i just feel Mm -hmm. like I don't feel comfortable designing for refugees or making claims about refugees without actually being there. So I went to Kenya. Mm-hmm. Um, I lived in the refugee camp and I met a friend. Like I just got to know so many people and made friends there. Um, and it took me like three months to like just live with them and learn a little bit Swahili and talking and just getting to know people there from all different countries and um, living their life with them little by little, like going to the water um, distribution spot to um, get water every morning together and in the afternoon, like sitting on the carpet and just like eating ugali or drinking soda together. And that whole process just makes me feel like I really believe in making designs from bottom up when you are living mm-hmm. with um, people that you're designing for and uh, working for and you design Mm -hmm. together um that's a very different feeling from doing research on google maps and researching top down and Mm -hmm. uh, so that's why i feel like research uh, or local research is very important when it comes to designing for a unfamiliar culture yeah for me it like sounds like as we um learn to live as a foreigner who's somehow on the like periphery of like so many identities i feel yeah. like i guess we like get to understand who are not like considered um like a normal like the norms of the society you know yeah like just being able to understand what it feels like to be at a periphery of the society and what it will feel like to go through life as someone in the edges i guess it's about like emotional really forgot the word <laughs> i think just like a type of empathy or a level of empathy that yes. yeah that was the word i was looking for yeah yes. empathy <laughs> <laughs> yes it's a great word in architecture because i think one thing is empathy is one thing and then i guess when you have the empathy it's also a sense of responsibility to know that something you throw on the paper will end up affecting someone's life tremendously and you just mm-hmm. gotta i just feel like I have to have that sense of responsibility that and I have to constantly know that I'm designing for real people who are going to be walking here every day and be either negatively or positively, hopefully, impacted by mm. something I throw on the paper and takes me like 10 minutes to draw. Mm-hmm. That's actually a lot of weight. And I feel like it's really important to carry that weight with you. 
Um, and I feel yeah. like, yeah, because we've went through the experience of, like, a slightly more difficult life of um, getting no to getting or like experiencing something f- as an outsider and then fitting yourself in. That's especially important to know that a lot of people, or ju- just to know that everyone has very different life and very different and difficult experiences. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in some ways, it's um, it's really. For me, I feel really happy if I can bring something that's pretty unique in in the school. But for me, that is something that I grew up with, though. So if I have a chance to like bring that up, and if that's um, nurturing the conversation, and that's like yeah. beneficial for the class or the conversation and the design, I feel I feel really grateful that that I have like extra resource out of my pocket. So definitely. Yeah, and I I really hope like our program like I know all our our classmates are super open minded and always are they're always mm-hmm. listening. But sometimes also like yeah, <laughs> we have an amazing class. Yeah, but then sometimes <laughs> I also wish like the curriculum cu- curriculum is also like more open ended in that way, so we get to like shape it or contribute a little more. Um, mm-hmm. I know yeah. that a lot of people are working on that end. So. Yes. Sure. yeah i'm so really excited about that um uh-huh. yeah where do you think you see yourself after graduation i mean i think it it happens a lot to me but i guess like all the international students get that question like almost every single day i feel yeah. like yeah and i have no idea i stopped thinking about that at some point i was really anxious about planning out my life because like it's just like different side of the world you know it's just like totally different continent and it's just so scary that I has just ab- absolutely no sense of where I'll be on this planet earth you know it's just like the scale of that this planet so right now I'm not really like worrying too much but the but the thing is I it's the fact that I if I like work hard like strive for things I want to do there will be something. I'm pretty sure there will be something, and I'll be able to do it. So, yeah. like, I'm getting, I'm becoming more like more confident in myself, and like believing myself that I'll be able to do something that I want. So, right. right. This end or that end of this world would not matter too much for me that way. How about you, Christina? Yeah, I I feel so similarly. Um, I get that question a lot as well. But then that's a question I've been thinking about ever since I started traveling or became a traveler. Um, yeah. 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 Until now, I'm still figuring out because I don't feel like I don't feel like there's a strong sense of belonging. I don't feel like I belong anywhere particularly. I enjoy oh, living. Yeah, as an outsider, as an observer. Um, so I can always look at things objectively and also enjoy something that's um, that's new to me. Um, so I, I love being an outsider. I love traveling. Um, but I also feel like maybe I don't have to belong every, anywhere. Maybe I can just mm-hmm. be myself and belong to myself. Go to... I, I guess that sense of like liberation is also great. I don't, feel, I don't need to feel attached to anywhere. And I can just go to places when I want to. 
um, it's one thing to、yes. feel this way, but it's、mm-hmm. another thing to be able to do this because I need a visa to go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh, going back to this visa conversation. <laughs> no, but still, like having that freedom in your mentality has been great because I enjoy every place I go to, and I just love.、Um, I just feel like that's something. It sounds really cringy, but I just love. The world when I go out to explore, so that's been a really、mm-hmm. great feeling that I have as an outsider. When I first came, I had no friends, no relatives, no family in the U.S.,、um, and that's the case wherever,、mm-hmm. like when, whenever I go to a new place. But the process of like building friendship、um, and even finding new family members, like I had like godparents who. Uh, popped up from nowhere and started taking care of me, and now we are like a great family. This type of feeling,、mm-hmm. I just really appreciate. Like there are my really strong sense of like attachments that I have about a place. I feel safe in the U.S. now because of that,、um, and、mm-hmm. how my friends support me、um, have also been super touching. And I feel like this is something.、Mm-hmm. Um, That would make my experience very different if I didn't have. I guess that's just the process of finding a home. Yeah, not like a home, home, but like finding the sense of home and belonging is something that makes us continue. I guess without that, it would be just so hard. There would be absolutely no reason to be there. But with that sense of belonging and just the feeling that I that we are welcomed and understood, really just gives me. A power to continue this journey. Definitely, or just people wanting to understand you.、Um, that's something I feel really grateful、mm-hmm. for. Coming through the sound. 